0: Hey there, welcome to the Creative Classroom podcast. I'm your host, John Spencer. I'm a former middle school teacher, current college professor, and I am passionate about seeing teachers transform their classrooms into bastions of creativity and wonder. And so on this podcast, I share ideas and strategies. I talk about things that worked for me, but also those big epic fails that I learned from. I talk to experts, I share strategies, and I do all of this because I truly believe the teachers play a profound role in helping students reach their creative potential. And a key part of this is the notion of student-centered learning, of empowering students with voice and choice, and that includes the assessment process. So today we're gonna be talking about this idea of what it means to do um, student portfolio projects and to empower students to own the assessment process through summative assessments where they are going to be designing their own portfolios and I've seen these work with really young ages you know kindergarten first grade with a lot of structure and support of course but I've also seen this work at the university level right that's what I love about it it can work in any classroom any subject any grade level and it's a great thing that you can do at the end of a semester um, as you come up on the winter break if you're up here in the northern hemisphere where I am. So without further ado, let's talk about this idea of student portfolio projects. And I'm going to begin by telling my own story. When I was a senior in high school, our AP government teacher, Miss Waller, phenomenal teacher, chose not to give us a final exam. And we were like, what? You've got to give us a final exam. That's just not normal, Not, especially not in an AP class. But for the end of the first semester, we would create our own portfolios. Our portfolios had to include what we had learned and what questions we still had. Our teacher asked us to reflect on both the finished products and the learning process as a whole. We would then need to end with our goals for the upcoming semester. And beyond that basic set of criteria, we as students had the freedom to design the portfolios in a way that reflected our own individual creative voice. Now, I created a highly visual portfolio book in a style that fell somewhere between journal, scrapbook, and choose-your-own-adventure book. I had so much fun with it. I drew cartoons on the side, and I included sketch notes of core concepts I'd learned. I had little uh, comic strips that I made, and I chose a really chronological approach. A friend of mine created a website on GeoCities. I don't know if you are familiar with that. I'm dating myself right here. It was a thing back in the day. And it was everything you could imagine with flashing GIFs or GIFs. I'm not gonna enter that argument. It's totally GIFs and low-resolution scanned photos of his work. My twin brother, we'll call him Jim since that's his name, was the only one who chose an audio option, and he recorded an NPR spoof called Stale Air, where he did his best to create a breathy, toned-down NPR voice as he interviewed himself and reflected on his work. My brother spent hours splicing together the audio with various accents for news reports, fake interviews, and a David being Coley inspired review of his book. That was my brother, right? Now things have changed a lot since then. Mm -hmm. Students can craft digital portfolios with embedded multimedia rather than relying on flashing GIFs. They can craft a portfolio podcast without having to splice together audio with two cassette tapes. Um, And it's easier than ever to create authentic portfolios where they share their work and reflect on the learning. And for all the changes though in technology, portfolios are themselves essentially timeless. I may not need to make tacky websites with heavily pixelated GIFs, I might not need to you know, use a tape deck back and forth, but the, the skills of learning how to reflect and how to share, those remain constant. I wanna share a couple of benefits of student portfolio projects. Students learn how to self-reflect, they learn how to figure out what their mastery level is, they celebrate their growth, and they celebrate their learning. Uh, It's a chance to learn multimedia composition, it's a chance to determine their next steps on what they're gonna do. Again, that would fit into goal setting. Uh, It's a chance to share their work with a larger audience, whether it's just an audience of peers or it's a larger global audience. Um, Along the way, though, it's student-centered, which means they build on their sense of ownership and agency, and that can then help them with their metacognition as they think about thinking and they set goals for themselves and grow and plan their next steps. When we think about assessment, it's easy to imagine a test or a rubric attached to a letter grade and a point value. But in many industries, from art to engineering to marketing, people demonstrate their proficiency with portfolios. So it's a great way to just show your proficiency. These portfolios demonstrate the creative craftsmanship and and unique skills that people have attained. But these portfolios can also tell a story about your journey in learning. And it's a chance to celebrate your growth and to own your mistakes. So it's not always just here's my best work and I'm gonna share that with others. Similarly, students can craft portfolios to showcase their own work, reflect on their learning, and set goals for the future. The portfolio process helps students reflect on their learning, set goals, plan their next steps. That's the critical part. And what that's doing is that's actually helping with what is called the metacognition cycle, which I brought up just a minute ago. And if you wanna take a deeper dive into it, Uh, just type in what is metacognition, Spencer, in um, YouTube, and you'll find my video on the metacognition cycle based on um, the research and the theories and the ideas in the phenomenal book, How Learning Works. It's a little bit older book, but the research itself is fantastic. Students can also gain confidence as they share their work with the larger world. And um, that confidence allows them to take more creative risks and grow as a result. So again, th- that's the big why, but what does it mean to actually get started with it? How do we do this? Well, I wanna share five ways to get the most out of student portfolio projects. Number one, let students choose the platform. Some students might choose a blog, some might want it to be done on a website, some might prefer doing talking head style videos, still others might take snapshots of their work and they wanna do an annotated slideshow. Some might want to ditch the digital option altogether and go old school, like I said, similar to what I did before with sketch notes and, and things like that. Give them options on how they compose it and how they make it their own. This is a chance for them to show, you know, this is who i am i'm proud of who i am i'm not afraid to share who i am and this is my work this is my learning this is how i've grown so again the first idea is that we can let students choose the platform number two we can encourage students to own the organizational structure so students might organize things topically or chronologically they might create a chronological portfolio that they break down into categories with you know, best work, growth, and next steps. And as a teacher, you might want to find exemplars from outside the K-12 domain and encourage students to assess the pros and cons of different organizational structures before developing their own structure. This process works well with secondary students, but for primary grades, it might be that you have to kind of set up the organizational structure for them ahead of time. But again, we can do this categorically, we can do this chronologically, we can do this topically, it's really up to them in terms of how they are going to organize their portfolios. Number three, have students reflect on both the learning process and the final product. While we tend to think about portfolios as a chance to demonstrate one's best work, it's also an opportunity to tell a story. Students can share exemplars of growth and improvement, they might reflect on the strategies that they use, the problems they solve, the challenges they faced along the way, and as a teacher, you might provide students with sample questions that they can use to guide the reflection process. This is where I think, um, honestly, having exemplars, having uh, sentence stems, having questions, and in some cases, even using AI as a process of reflection and uh, sort of metacognition can help it move to that next level of reflection. So they're not just focused solely on the product, they're thinking about the learning journey that was involved along the way. Number four, Choose a variety of work. Students might include their best work, their favorite work, the work that demonstrated the most growth, the work that made them think, um, the work that shows the deepest amount of learning. Another option might be for students to select key works from different weeks in the semester. And so they're gonna be selecting, uh, again, you know, based on this unit, choose one artifact um, to use. Based on this unit, choose another artifact. You get the idea. I've seen teachers even take it to a, a whole different level where um, their portfolio will have multiple subject areas and you have to explain the connections between the learning that you um, engaged in in different subject areas and how they're related to each other, which I think is kind of a, an interesting way to think about that. And finally, number five, don't wait until the end of the school year right? Integrate portfolio projects into your unit plans, carve out some small amount of time to have students engage in reflection, to have them find artifacts, things like that. Um, this might seem challenging in when it's a virtual environment, it might seem challenging when there's a time crunch, but I really think it's worth carving out some time in terms of getting this done. And if you haven't started it, that's okay. We're at the halfway point in the year so this is actually a really good time to start the portfolio process so they'll create a portfolio right now and then they'll update that portfolio as the year progresses if you want to get started with digital portfolios i really think that um, having a basic template makes a difference i'm going to share just briefly one example of kind of what this would look like um, this is a digital portfolio project. You can download it um, from my website, from the, the the show notes, you'll see it. And um, I included it in the book, Empowered at a Distance. It's something you can do virtually. It's something that students can do maybe if they are going on vacation early, um, but school's still in session, which I know it's not supposed to happen, but it does. Um, but it could also just be something for a snow day. Again, I actually think, letting kids play in the snow is pretty important too, but um, the whole idea is that being digital makes it really flexible. So what you have is um, a blog, a website, some kind of place to house the work, and you have several different parts, so there's five different parts to this website that they're gonna create. And again, they can do it in a blog, They could do this actually in a series of uh, single documents that are linked to each other on a Google Doc, too. You can be kind of creative with how you design that, Um, especially with the ability now to embed videos, GIFs, things like that, stickers. Um, Google Docs might actually be a really good choice. But what we have right now in this is you start out with a homepage page. Um, a photo snippet of your work, list of skills that you've learned, a short description of who you are, um, your interests, what you're into, um, a description of your portfolio, uh, a short description of your learning journey, like what projects did you do? What, what did you work with? And this is where if, if it's more public facing, you're going to have to talk about privacy. You want to make sure there's no FERPA violations if, if you live in the US. Uh, if it's more private or semi-private, there's a lot more ability to share a bit more of who they are. And then you move into growth. And you have these guiding questions like, why does this work uh, represent an area of growth for you? What was the hardest part did you master? Um, you know, In general, who, how has your work changed from start to finish? What obstacles did you face? What standard or standards does this work connect to? And what you're asking them to do is, Reflect and cite the examples of their work. And so there's this uh, reinforcement that goes on of, you know, making a claim and backing it up with a fact. Well, they're backing it up with their work. Then they move to part three, which is their best work, which I love. This is celebratory. This is why do you love it? Why is it an example of your best work? What aspect of this work made you feel proud? Um, Did you find this work to be easy or hard? What skills did you use in in order to create this? Uh, How did you build on your skills? Any of those questions will help guide them to a, a place where they will be celebrating their best work. And then after thinking about their growth and what they've learned, we move into a place of next steps. And this is where they can engage in some goal setting. So what are some areas that are still weaknesses? Uh, What future goals do you have? Um, How do you plan to use this in life? And so all of those are examples of, you know, what you would have students reflect on during the portfolio project. Now, here's why I love this, because coming up on the last few weeks of December, you might want to do things that can break stuff up a little bit. You might want to do some projects, But it's also a great chance to pause, to reflect, and to grow. And, you know, a student portfolio mini project like this um, can take in elements of assessment and reflection that we need, but also at the same time, it's very student-centered and it's a little bit project-based. And so it's really building on student agency and autonomy. And it's a great way to sort of end the semester on a celebratory and student-centered Note. So uh, it's something that I, I would recommend. I think you should check it out. You should consider it. And what I love about it is this is something feasible. This is something you can do for a full week if you want, but it's something that you could really pare down and do in one or two class periods. So go check it out. I highly recommend it. It's a great student centered way to end the semester on a creative note. Hey, would you do me a favor if you enjoy this podcast? Would you leave a review? on um, Apple podcast or on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, would you tell a friend about this? One of the best ways to um, get the word out is to literally get the word out, is to tell people about it. And uh, I would be honored if you would do that, if you would tell a friend about that. So again, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and go out and make something Awesome.